Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I'm your host, Rebecca, from homeschoolon.com and gatherroundhomeschool.com. Today's episode is Confessions of a Curriculum Junkie. That's right. We're going to be talking about when you have too much curriculum, the problem with the fact that we feel like we need to buy more. It's kind of one of these group sessions where we're just going to sit around and, and say, hi, my name is Rebecca and I am a curriculum junkie. Now I am recovering. Let's just make that really clear. I am a recovering curriculum junkie, but we're going to talk about the pitfalls. And also I think the reason that a lot of us find ourselves in this place and just acknowledging that because I don't think that it necessarily goes away. I think that there's a reason that we feel the need to buy more, to try more, to always be testing out the newest. And um, so we're just going to get into it. It's like calling out the elephant in the room. Those of us that have been feeling judged all this time and or even judging ourselves. I think this is often what happens. We know this is not necessarily healthy. It's causing discontent in our homeschool and yet it's part of who we are. So we're just, we're just going to talk about the elephant in the room. So coffee, 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 or tea. You know, I'm trying that right now. Again, you guys know I've been there. I'm like coffee 99.9% of the time. And then today I was like, no more. And then I have a migraine. So then I got a coffee at nine o'clock at night and now it's 10 and I'm really wide awake guys. Super wide awake. Okay. All right. Rambly Rebecca begins. So for anyone out there that doesn't know what a curriculum junkie is, you're like, I can't relate to that. I've used this one thing my whole life, never anything else. I do not waver. This is the path that we are on. What is this junkie thing that you attribute to homeschooling? Because we really probably shouldn't have those two worlds colliding in any way. So I take offense to the fact that you are using the word junkie in real. Okay. Anyways, maybe that's not you, right? Maybe that's not you. And most likely that probably isn't you. Most of you are like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Preach it. But there are some of you that just can't relate. So we're just going to start off by defining what I'm actually talking about today. So being a curriculum junkie, you know, you're a curriculum junkie when your bookshelves are overflowing. You no longer use the bookshelves because there's no system to the bookshelves, because there's so many books, they are now stacked in other areas around your house as well. Your husband is like, why are you buying more books? Sometimes you open up a book and you're like, oh my gosh, I already have this book. It's somewhere out there. You didn't even know you had it because there's so many books that you have that you no longer even know what you own. Okay, that is a sure sign that you are a curriculum junkie. You have the same problem that most of us seem to have because we love books. That's why we homeschool. We homeschool so that we can use and buy all the books and we can justify it to ourselves because it's for the kids. It's for their education. Okay, it's like when you become a parent. And it's like, I like shopping. I don't don't know what to tell you. Shopping does actually fulfill something in me. Now, not the actual physical act of shopping. That is draining. I go to the mall with my friends once or twice a year. Let's say once. I feel like once is more than enough. And, you know, we, we traveled there. We just went recently and it was exhausting. My feet hurt. My arms hurt. The bags are heavy. I am not the person that wants to go into every single stall and try on every single outfit and see what other people think of that outfit. I just don't want to try anything on because then I get cold. So I am the shopper that is like, I I enjoy shopping because I enjoy buying. And so I'm like, okay, I walk into a store. I know my size. I, I kind of hold it up and I'm like this. Yes, 
this, no. And I just, I just buy it. I just buy it super, super impulsive that way. So I enjoy shopping. I enjoy buying things. Now I, I've worked on that in my life because that has gotten to me into some trouble. And again, there's some unhealthy things, right? Associated with that. But then I had kids and when I had kids, it was like, hey, all right, we can't afford to buy clothes for me, but it's for the kids. And so I started buying clothes for my children and I started justifying that because it was for my kids. And then and then better yet, because they just ruin their clothing anyways. The more kids I've had, the more I'm like, oh, you guys, you guys, if you know me in real life, like it's embarrassing. Yeah, I feel like you look at my own kids and you're embarrassed by my kids because Everyone else I look at, their kids don't dress like mine. My son went out tonight and he had like big, huge holes in his sweatpants. And I know I'm digressing right now, but this is just real life. And we just got to hash out the real life stuff as we approach it. Yeah. So he gets ready to go. He's 12, by the way. I mean, do you have any image whatsoever? Is there not a girl somewhere out there you're trying to impress? No? Okay. I mean, I'm glad and yet, and yet, you look like we don't buy you clothes. And we do buy you clothes. It's just that we don't wash the clothes. And by we, I mean you. Wash your own clothes. Just go wash your own clothes. So my daughter, I've got one kid that is so hard on clothing. I've never seen anything like it. She eats. It is on herself. She is not little, FYI. She's seven. She knows better. But she just does everything with this certain flair. It's just like this kind of like... Just, just, you know, like when you, you watch like a Frozen, for example, Anna and Elsa, Anna, like it's all Anna. It's like, <laughs> and food is everywhere. I don't know how it happens. It's on her face. It's, it's on her clothes. She doesn't care. And then she'll wear the same clothes over and over until they're so stained. There's no hope. Like her clothes are disposable. Everything I buy her goes in the garbage is ripped. It's torn. It's stained. We have a happy face on a beautiful dress I bought her that is made from glue. That ain't coming out, you guys. Why would you draw glue? Okay, so we're talking about books, right? Let's move this along. So this same thing where I justified for the purpose of my kids, I soon realized with the amount of children that I have that that was not a worthy area to spend my time or my money because it just it's not like I could just every time I see them dressed up cute I could be like fulfilled inside because they would dress up cute that first time and then after that it just it wasn't cute anymore someone out there knows exactly what I'm talking about so that just felt like a pit in my life so I decided okay fine thrift store hand me down I don't know wear whatever you wear I give up I don't care if it matches here's a bin full of socks just put on two don't really care, just don't wear mine, which they still do. And I moved on to higher levels. And those higher levels were books. My kids were now being homeschooled. I had this 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 thing that I could do, which is called purchasing books and feeling good about it and justifying it, even if things were tight, because you know what? It's for their education. So that was the beginning of homeschooling and that was a long time ago. Like my son is 12, so this means we've been doing this for like, I don't know, 8 million years. It's a long time, you guys. Like from from pretty much the moment he was born, I was like, 
you are now homeschooled. And I did everything with the purpose of education in mind because I was super, super, super gung-ho. Um, and I just, I just love books. I always, I wanted to be a teacher when I grew up. I basically chose this life path partly because I love books so much, so much. So you know you're a curriculum junkie when, when you're kind of in that place of justifying the books because it's for their education and you keep on buying more. You know you're a curriculum junkie when you never can just keep your eyes it's like the eyes are too big for your stomach you know it's like you you go to the buffet table and and everything looks good and you don't know what you're actually going to like and so you just put it all on your plate but then you eat like four bites and you're stuffed and you didn't like 80% of it anyways too bad it's on your plate you now look bad that is basically the picture i'm just giving you guys a really clear picture of what it is to be a curriculum junkie because every time you go and you look online there's so many good things and and the worst part is is that there's still new things coming so every single month every single year there's something new on the market and you're like well I don't know, like maybe I'm going to like that more. And so you question and you consider and you reconsider and you think, okay, maybe I need to try that one. And you get another little thing and you get another little thing and you get together with your friends and they're like, well, we're doing music studies. You don't do music studies? And you're like, but I want to. I want to do music studies. My kids should be well-rounded and know what classical music is. Therefore, We are now doing music studies and you add something else and you add something else. And the worst part of being a curriculum junkie, and I know this is a bad, maybe someone out there is judging me for using this, this, this whole picture because it, yeah, it's flawed. But, but the worst part about it is that it's kind of like that next day you wake up and it's like, oh no oh no, I actually have to use all this stuff now. I don't know about, maybe that's not everyone else. Maybe everyone else is super excited about that. For me, I'm excited about the idea of it. I always have been that way. I am always excited about the idea of things, the actual follow through, not so much. I buy a new planner at the store. I make a new planner. I literally will spend hours designing planning pages, but then when it comes to actually filling them in, I'm like, oh, weird. I actually have to do the things that I say I'm going to do and I actually have to do this consistently and it just doesn't work for me. And so it's kind of that same thing. I get all of this curriculum, all of these books. I have all of these plans. I love the planning, the vision casting, the ideas. And then when it comes to the follow through, my kids are whining. It's taking way too long. Nobody's enjoying it. And I lose steam. And I'm like, well, you know what? Clearly the best part about this is if I just always keep my eyes on the horizon until I see something that is better, something that's newer, something that's exciting that will refill us with this excitement, I'm just going to keep on living in that new. Now I'm going to throw another really terrible analogy at you, like really, really, really bad, okay? I was talking to my husband about this the other day, and I'm like, basically, gather around homeschool, and I am going to throw it in there. I've been trying to to keep it out. I've been trying to separate, you know, homeschool encouragement with, like, just not related to what I do with gather around homeschool, because I don't want you guys to feel like I'm selling you. But this is just such a huge part of my life now that I just feel like if you guys want me to be true to myself, it is going to come out. But again, I'm not selling you on anything. Do what you do. Totally fine. No pressure for me. But, but I was talking to him about gather around homeschool and kind of the vision behind it and 
I was explaining to him, I was like, babe, it's like, it's like, you know, when you were young and you had all your friends, okay, teen, teeny bopper, like you're like teenagers and you're in youth group and everyone's got, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends and girlfriends and boyfriends. And by the way, I was not that person at all. I was like, are we going to get married? No. Uh, okay. I had super high standards, but, but I had lots of people that I knew that were always dating, like from, from the moment they were allowed to, which was probably a lot younger than I was allowed to. Cause I feel like they had been dating a long time. They had boyfriends. They would have boyfriends for years. And then as soon as one was gone, the, there was always the next one. There was never really even a lull. There was always a boyfriend or a girlfriend and it became something that they actually needed. And part of that was because they are attracted to, and you see this in our culture, in our world all the time, attracted to the new and the exciting. And as soon as that is no longer new and exciting, it becomes old and it becomes difficult and it becomes just yesterday's news. And why would you do that again when you could have the new and the exciting? And so there's a little bit of an addiction to the new and the exciting. Now, we're talking about this in a really negative light. We're talking about junkie. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about this in a negative light. The reason that we are is because this is the way it is perceived by our world. This is the way it is perceived and is perceived that way for a reason. There are negative side effects. This can go down a negative path if it's not, you know, managed. However, I think that we're not acknowledging the fact that though there can be negative aspects to this, it can, you, can, you can be super discontent your entire life because you're always looking for the next thing. There is a reason that we all do this in one aspect of our life or another. There is, there is something in us that is looking for something. There is something bred deep inside of us. We were created with this, this spark of being attracted to the new and to the exciting. And I don't think we acknowledge that enough. I think we actually look down on it in ourselves. I think we look down on it in other people because we see the negative um, maybe addiction or cycle that it can turn into. And in, in any area of your life, any area of your life, this can happen and this does happen. We all have these things in our life that that we're always looking for new and not not settling into the content. But, but you guys, we were actually created with this, this little seed of, of looking for something exciting, looking for something more, that's not actually wrong. That is not wrong. It can be misguided and it can be misdirected, but it is not wrong. And I think that we have to acknowledge that because otherwise we can't actually deal with, with the, the output that we see. Okay, we're trying to deal with the fact that, okay, we, we always have to have new curriculum and we're never content with what we have because we just love the planning and the new and the exciting. But how can we deal with that when it's actually coming out of a core need within us? So I want to address this core need a little bit because I think that this is like, I think this is profound. I think it's profound, like I said, in every aspect. And I, I you guys, I can't help it. It's going to go there. It's really all related to God and the way that we were created to be. I believe that God created us to, to be attracted to new and exciting. I look through story after story after story in the Bible, and, and they're full of adventure. They are full of adventure, of new, of exciting, of come on out and follow me, and you have no idea what's going to happen when you do. 
You have no idea what's going to happen when you do. A life with God is a life of adventure. There is new things. He created such an extravagant world for us with so many new things that are still being discovered today. We do not know a fraction of what we could know. We don't understand a fraction of what we could understand. We don't, you guys, there's so many things, still new discoveries being made, still new things that we are learning, still even new creatures that we're discovering in the ocean and smaller and smaller as as our technology advances. This world is created for us to discover because there is something so profound that God created within us to want to discover, to want to find something new, to want a life of meaning, to want a life of purpose, to want to stand for and push for more in our lives. We are made that way. And so we do one of two things. Either we unhealthily seek that in, in something in our lives, and I think that that's, that's a, con, a normal thing that we do, or we suppress it. We suppress it and we say, that's not normal, that's not healthy, you just need to learn how to be content. And I'm the queen of that. In fact, I don't even remember what my last podcast episode was, but I feel like it was something about finding contentment, being thankful with what you have. Because when we get in that unhealthy mindset of always thinking the horizon is brighter on the other side, then we are never actually living in the moment that God has put us in now. And that is, again, we're dealing with two sides of a coin here. And we're really actually talking about balance. We're really talking about balance because we don't want to suppress that desire for new and exciting. At the same time, we don't want to miss what's right in front of us. I don't want to miss these moments with my kids because I'm always looking for something else. I don't want to miss my family now because I'm discontent looking forward to the future and what I could have or who I could be. I don't want to be frustrated with with being tethered at home because my kids are young and I wish I could go out and, and speak or travel or do these things because then I'm missing what I have right now. My time will come for that. Right now I want to invest in what God has given me. I want to be thankful for what God has given me because I don't know how long I have what he has given me. So this is two sides of a coin. But again, natural humanity, we go way to one side, either unhealthily seeking things or way to the other side of just be content. This is all your life is about now and just walk and trudge through and this is it. Again, really, like we're talking curriculum junkie. Actually, we're getting philosophical here and going a lot deeper than that. But but this is just burning on my heart today because because when I, when I think about why I've been really processing this lately, why is Gather Round Homeschool? It's, it's growing exponentially. It's growing so fast. It's, 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 it's blowing my mind, honestly, how fast it is growing and where God is taking it. And it's just, it's been a crazy adventure. And you know God's in it when it's that crazy adventure where it's like your dream scares you. This, this whole thing is so big and so fast. I'm on a train and it's going really fast, guys. And I'm just along for the ride. And I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. That's the story of Gather on Homeschool, summed up. Um, but it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see where God is taking it. And when I've been thinking, like, why... What is it? I mean, I know that there's so many things about it. Again, this is not mine. This is his. It was literally his idea. And I've been trying to understand that. And we've been talking about it a lot, my husband and I. And I said to him the other day, I think that that part of it is because, because there is a new unit every month. We actually get to tap into that God-given desire 
within us for new and not just us. This is the exciting part because we as teachers and educators and homeschool parents, we get bored with what we're doing. We want the new and the exciting just from a teaching perspective. But our kids... And how incredible is it that we can actually tap into this in a healthy way and say, listen, we actually every single month get to discover and dive into something completely new and completely exciting and completely unknown to us as a family. And we all get to experience this together. So you're building that connection with one another based on this discovery that God has put inside of us discovering the world around us, discovering what he created us for, who he created us to be, and and the, the, the creation that he created all around us. Like it is really such a, it is such a foundational principle, I believe, of, of just humanity and who God made us to be. So when I was thinking about this this morning, I was, I was brainstorming what I was going to be podcasting about. And I've wanted to talk for some time about confessions of a curriculum junkie. And of course, there are all of the downsides with that when, like I said, when you're adding more and more and more and more and your kids become less and less content because you're doing so many things, trying to fit in so many things, then you start to tie and tap into the, I'm worried we're not doing enough because you're, you're walking on a path of keeping up with the Joneses. I said that wrong. It's okay, guys. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not going to come out wrong in the units because those are written. Yeah. Um. Anyways, you're you're walking down a path of actually comparison, and then fear of missing out, and then fear of failure, and you walk down this trail of adding more and more because it's new and exciting, but no longer new and exciting, and you are on a train that you can't stop, and it's going so fast, and you feel stuck, and you feel trapped, and you feel discontent, and you feel unhappy because of the negativity of when you're adding, 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 adding every time, adding every time you see new curriculum adding it. Your house becomes a mess. You don't have the space to store everything you're using. You feel like you can't you can't take school on the go because it's so many different things that you are using. I mean, you'd have to pack bins in order to do that, which means that anytime there is a family vacation, a trip, something happens in your life, everything stops because there's too much for you just to take it and go in a bite-sized chunk. So it can become this thing that is now a weight on you and you're trapped inside. You're trapped. So so when you are constantly looking for more and adding more and seeking that validation through more, 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 more is not always the answer. But what's exciting with the idea of what we're doing right now with Gather Round is that you're not doing more in your every day. You're doing more in the month to month so that you can really dive into one thing, but you never have the opportunity to get bored with it. You never have the opportunity to feel like, oh, I wish we could do this because the next month is a new unit where you are doing that. And it's so diverse and it's so broad and it's always reaching outwards into something new that you probably haven't tapped into before. And it's exciting. It's an exciting adventure. And I think that 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 is what we can do in a way that is minimalistic, in a way that isn't necessarily stacking up high, but instead is going broad into these topics because we have the the space, the time, the intentional um, focus of really diving into those topics. So anyways, I've been thinking a lot, obviously, about the many, many books on my shelves. And one of the reasons I've been thinking a lot about that is because I'm trying to clean them right now. And I have a room that I just shut that door. 
If you've seen my schoolroom makeover, I just shut that door, that nice blue door, and I'm like, don't walk in there. A, you can't. You're going to fall and die. B, you're going to ruin some books in the process because they're all over the floor. And C, I have too many books and I don't know what to do with them and I'm super, super overwhelmed because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of books and I am just at the point where I'm just closing the door and we're just doing our five books that are in front of us that each of my kids has one and I have one teacher's guide and that, my friends, is Gather Around Homeschool. So anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. This was, you know, super all over the place as is normal. But I want to encourage you today that if you feel like you have been caught in this spiral of maybe being a curriculum junkie and not able to find something that works for you or feeling discontent or feeling like there's more or feeling like you're judged for the fact that you're actually you're actually just searching for something that can fulfill that God-given desire within you or you're searching for that thing that can light a spark in your kids and fulfill that God-given desire in them. That I encourage you that A, yes, sit down, take the time, identify if you're doing too much, identify if if what you're doing is healthy or not healthy, what isn't healthy about it, ask your husband, ask your spouse, talk to your friends about it, have a conversation, start to process what are you currently doing and what is good and what isn't good. You can figure that out for yourself if you take the time to sit down and do it. But at the same time, take some of that pressure off yourself that that, that what you're doing is necessarily so wrong. Maybe the output of it isn't, isn't the, the, the best way. Maybe the output of it is causing some problems right now, but the root of it is not wrong. The root of it is you were created for excitement. You were created for adventure. You were created to hear God's voice, to follow his will and his path for your life and and to, to just take this wild adventure that he has for you because he does have it for you. He does. And that wild adventure can be in the everyday. That wild adventure can be despite the staying home. It can be in in the craziest, wildest ways you will never imagine because he can cause adventure. He can light that spark and ignite it within you in the smallest things that other people might see as completely mundane, but they will speak life into you because that is who he is because he knows you intimately and ultimately because he loves you. He loves you so incredibly much. And so I just encourage you to not think small, to not limit yourself, to dream big and to seek him and his voice on his plans for you, for your kids, for your family and for your homeschool. I bless you guys. I will talk to you again. I have plans for a Wednesday Godcast, so stay tuned for that. And I hope you have an amazing homeschool week or just time focusing on the Christmas season because that is the season we are in right now if you are listening to this podcast around when I release it. And I bless you guys. Have an awesome week.